Well, hello. I'm filming from my study at home today. Uh, my wife and I uh, just had our middle daughter return back from uh, the States early from her college experience. And so we're right in day 13 of our 14-day self-quarantine, or as I like to call it, house prison. But uh, things are good. We're all healthy, which is great. Uh, there haven't been any uh, murder attempts that, you know, that I know of. So we're just about through and doing well. But uh, two weeks ago, we got a call from our middle daughter um, down in the States, and they were about to lock down the state she was staying in. Uh, a lot of the students were leaving. The dorms potentially were going to close down. The school was going online. Uh, they weren't sure if there was going to be food in the cafeteria. And it was just like, what do we do, mom and dad? You know, what's, what's the right decision? She had maybe two or three hours to decide there was a car going north that she could catch a ride. We didn't feel like she should be on a plane at that time. And it was a tough decision. So we hung up the phone and I just started to pray, Lord, help me to know how to advise my daughter in this very difficult decision in this tough time. And I started to pray, Holy Spirit, how does the Bible help us when we're trying to make these, this kind of a difficult decision? And I just asked the Lord specifically, you know, what can you show me in your word that might help us in this decision? And I got to thinking about um, the, the complex relationship over the centuries between the people of God in the Holy Land and the powerful nation of Egypt to the south. Um, as you know, the Israel, the Holy Land is in, a, in an arid land, semi-arid land. And for them, uh, at all times in history, but certainly in this time, you know, uh, water is life. And uh, in times in their past, when there was times of famine and there was times of drought, uh, many times they would go down to Egypt because, of course, Egypt has the Nile River and there'd be water and, and water is life in those times. Um, it's also a unique place because it's this narrow strip of land between the Mediterranean and the Arabian Desert. And for uh, centuries, major powers have come through that corridor, mostly from the north, coming down through there on their way to Egypt. So anybody moving north or south, uh, kingdoms, armies, you know, all those kinds of conquering sort of nations had to come through this land. So it makes uh, this land very strategic and sometimes a dangerous place. Um, and so I started to, to think about that issue of, you know, many times in the Bible, People were trying to figure out, people of God, should we go to Egypt or we should not go to Egypt? And so I got to thinking about that. I realized that sometimes God told his people to go to Egypt in difficult times. Look with me, if you'd like, at Genesis 46, verses 1 to 4. This is the uh, story of Joseph at the end of his life. And his son had been down in uh, Egypt. And Joseph uh, goes to get his dad and send his dad back to Egypt. Um, and the scripture says, And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke up to Israel in visions in the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, he said, Here am I. He said, I am God, the Lord of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. So you can imagine that, you know, Jacob or Israel was thinking, is this the right thing to do, to go to Egypt? He's had this, this promise of this land that God had given to him and to his forefathers. And is it okay to go down to Egypt? And in this situation, God says, yes, go. And we know later on in Scripture that 70 people went down to Egypt. And when Moses brought them out of Egypt, they were over two or three million people. So 
in that situation, God said, yes, go to Egypt. It's going to be a good place for your uh, you know, nation, your offspring to grow. Also think about a story in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 2 in the life of Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. This is a story when Jesus was just a very little newborn, probably within six months maybe of his birth, and the visit of the wise men, and they get uh, a message from God, and they go the other way. And Herod finds out about this and blows a gasket, um, and they had to leave. And in verse 13, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. So in this situation, uh, the Messiah, Jesus, as a little infant, is in danger for his life. Uh, God sends an angel to his parents and says, Go down to Egypt. This is the place for you to flee to be safe. That very night, uh, Joseph loads up, you know, their their possessions and leaves and leaves that land and goes down to Egypt. And God protected Jesus during that time because he was out of the jurisdiction of Herod, and that eventually God brought him back up into the Holy Land. So there are times in the Word of God where we definitely see that God says to His people, "It's okay to go to Egypt. It's where I want you to go. It's a safe place, a refuge for you." to leave the Holy Land, this place that I've prepared for you, but to go to Egypt is God's intention. But there are also a number of times in other places in the Word of God where God tells his people to stay away from Egypt. Um, We see this in Genesis 26, verses 1 to 5. This is the story of Isaac. And the scripture says, starting in verse 1, Now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar and Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and will bless you for you and your offspring. I will give all these lands. I will establish the oath I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and will give your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So in this situation, in a very difficult time, in a time of famine, God says to Isaac, no, don't go down where the, you know, the, the Nile River is and where the land is good and stay in the land. And he's obedient to that. And we look a little bit farther down there and we see in verses 12 and 13, the result of Isaac's obedience. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. That's not an intuitive thing to spend a lot of money on seed in a time of famine, uh, and yet that's exactly what God asked Isaac to do, to stay in the promised land in that situation, and God blessed him. Uh, There's another time in, in Jeremiah 42 where we see the people of God asking a very difficult question relating to should they stay or should they go. Um, Jeremiah 42.7, this is the remnant after a whole lot of uh, warfare and a lot of powerful nations had come through and destroyed northern Israel and then Judah eventually. Uh, In verse 7 of Jeremiah 42, 
um, the people come to the prophet Jeremiah and they say, you know, we've experienced war. We know that the nations to the north are moving again toward us. Should we go to Egypt? If we go down to Egypt, maybe they'll leave us alone and we won't have to experience all this war that we're experiencing. In verse 7, it says, At the end of the ten days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and he summoned Jonan, the son of Kenariah, and all the commanders of the forces who were with him, and all the people from the least to the greatest, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me, to present your plea for mercy before him. If you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up. For I relent to the disaster that I did to you. Do not fear the king of, king of Babylon in whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you, to deliver you from his hand. I will grant you mercy that you may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. So in this situation, the Lord is saying through the prophet Jeremiah, God is saying, stay in this land, even though there's war and, and looming nation Babylon coming down through in a time of war. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't expect that to be the safe place for you. The safe place I prepared for you, God said, is right here where you are. Um, it's a very sad story if you want to read on later in chapter 42 and 43. The people actually say, no, we're not going to listen to what God says. And they say, we are going to flee to Egypt. And they go down to Egypt and it's a, you know, everything is lost basically in that time. And Jeremiah gets drugged down probably as a prisoner down there to them. So they were asking for God's voice, but when God spoke, they didn't really want to hear it, and they did what they wanted anyway, and it ended up a very sad situation. So sometimes God tells his people in the word of God, leave the promised land and go to Egypt. Other times he says, don't leave the promised land. I mean, leave, stay right where you are and don't go to Egypt. So which is it? Go down to Egypt or don't go down to Egypt? Well, the thing that I really thought about as I was reflecting on those things and praying for our daughter about whether she should stay down there or come back home in this difficult time, I realized that when God speaks to us and he gives us directions, his directions are time-specific. What that means is that God speaks into a context, and he knows exactly what's going on in our lives and the times around us in history, in the sweep of his grand plan for redemption. He knows all of these things, and when he speaks to us, his words and his instructions are time-specific. Um, so what are some of the implications of that, if I'm right about that? Well, a couple things. I think there's maybe three things I can see that relate to that. Um, the first thing is I think we see that it's awesome to be able to develop the life habit of seeking God's guidance as soon as difficulties appear. There's certainly been times in my life when something has come up in our life and a, a very difficult or dangerous situation has come up. And my first reaction is to, okay, what are the resources we have and what can we do and how can I scam and where can I deal with this and what can I sell and how can I get out of here and get out, you know, my, my first thought is what can I do to get out of that situation? But throughout the word of God, we see the people of God that have, have learned this life habit of seeking God's guidance as soon as difficulties appear that's such a great first response, and it's not what's natural for us. We have to build that in and allow the Lord to build that into our lives over time. But when we begin to develop that life habit, that when difficulties come, our first response is, Lord, what is your perspective in this situation? What is your perspective about what's going on, Lord, with COVID-19 and all the things that are taking on around us? 
Lord, what is your plan for my your provision for myself or for my family? Uh, what are your intentions for us during this time? What are we supposed to do? It's that that habit of seeking God first before we start to deal with all our own abilities and all our own uh, resources, but to start with God. Such a great thing, and we see that so many times uh, when people of the people of God are in difficulty in the Word of God. Second thing I see is that when we realize that God's directions are time specific, we need to prepare our heart for immediate obedience. Um, if we're asking God for direction and we're seeking God in difficult times, we need to prepare our hearts so that when God speaks to us, we are ready to be obedient immediate, immediately. You know, I love uh, Jesus's dad and his mom. That very night, they took him and brought him down to Egypt. He may not have survived if he would have waited around the next morning or hummed and hawed. I don't know. What do you think? And, you know, yes, we need to weigh the word of God. In Jeremiah, that scripture read, he waits 10 days on the Lord to make sure he's heard from the Lord. But once we know we have heard from the Lord and there's been a confirmation, Lord, this indeed is your intention for my life. We've got to be willing to act in immediate obedience because God's times and his intentions and his instructions are specific. And if we say, okay, I've got the instruction, but I don't apply it at the correct time, we're really losing the opportunity for the provision and the protection that God might have over us in our life. The third thing I think about is when I think about this issue of the time-specific directions of God is this. Just because God did something one way in the past does not mean that he'll do it the same way in the future. I don't know if you've experienced it. Or not. We're, we're, as human beings, we're creatures of habit, and we like what's familiar. And so sometimes we think about something that some way that God has worked in our past that he's moved or something way that he provided in the past. We come to a similar situation later in our life and we think, well, that's the way God did it last time. So he must be doing it that way this time. Uh, but that's a mistake to think about God that way. He is infinitely creative and he's infinitely uh, wise. And he do often doesn't do things the same way twice. Uh, he's, he does things differently. So we have to be willing to say, Lord, I remember that time when you when you did this and you provided and you protected us in this way. But, Lord, I'm just not going to assume that you're going to do it that way again. I want to come before you again, Lord, and listen to you time specific for what's going on in this situation right now in the context of what's going on around us. And, Lord, let me hear your voice in a fresh way. I'm thankful for the way you worked in the past, Lord, but I don't want to put you in a box and make myself think that you're going to work that way again. God necess not, not, may necessarily not do that. That's why we see many times he says it's okay to go to Egypt. And other times he says, no, not now. Stay in the promised land. Um, and so we really found those things helpful as we were going through this decision. And, and finally we decided, hey, you know, get your stuff together quickly and get in the car and get up here. Um, and uh, her school has gone on in uh, an online format, so she's doing great. And we just feel like that was the voice of the Lord for us in this time was for her to come home during this time. But I know there are many people in our uh, church family, many, many people in our community that are facing some serious um, decisions right now. You know, it might be students. Um, what does this mean that there's no more classes or think about students in grade 12? What is this going to mean for the end of my year and my plans after high school? Lord, what do you want me to do? How am I supposed to respond in this time? Um, 
people that have been away at college and are trying to decide, should I come back or should I start a new school program? Now, these are all very difficult decisions. Think about business owners in our community that have employees and, you know, maybe their businesses have completely had to shut down or they're trying to decide, Lord, what is it that um, you want to do in this situation? What is the, what is your intention for us? Lord, I, you know, I know that these business owners have a heart to care for their employees and how does that cash flow work if the doors are locked? Um, think about people that may have lost their jobs. Um, I know there's lots and lots of people that are being laid off right now because of COVID-19. You know, where does God come into that in terms of our first response of saying, Lord, what is your plan in this situation? Lord, prepare my heart for, for obedience to how you lead me in that situation. These are very difficult times. I know there are people that, you know, didn't make rent the first of this month or didn't had difficulty making their mortgage payments. And these are very, very scary times. But I guess what I wanted to just reassure us and remind us is that God wants to speak to us in times like these, especially in times like these. God loves and hears and sees us. He knows us. COVID-19 wasn't a surprise to God. He knew it was coming. And he wants to be able to reveal his plans, his protection, his intentions for us, if we'll just come before him and settle our hearts and say, Lord, I'm fearful. Be honest with God. I'm fearful. I don't know how we're going to make the payments. I'm not sure what to do about these critical decisions. Lord, will you show us? And uh, I've just found so many times in my life in those moments, God just floods in by his Holy Spirit and brings peace and brings assurance and brings specific creative solutions that we couldn't have come up on our own. Holy Spirit inspired kinds of things like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Or the phone rings unexpectedly and some something comes through and a change that we didn't see. That's the provision of God. This is the God we serve, the good God we serve. And we see this especially in times of difficulty like where we are right now. So just encourage you as you're thinking through these decisions and the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're working through, um, understand that God's voice is time specific. Um, Develop that habit of as soon as the problems appear, come before the Lord and just lay them out before the Lord. Prepare your heart for that immediate obedience. When you know God says something, you do it. Um, and then just because God did something one way in the past, he might be doing something new and fresh and very likely is. Um, so I just want to pray for us if we could as we close today. Just ask you as we start into prayer here that you might even be thinking of those things that are difficulties in front of you right now. There's a great story in the Old Testament when a person of God just laid out physically on the table, you know, the letter, uh, the difficulties. And so I just want you to even, if you could now, just in your mind, lay out on the table the things that you're concerned about, the concerns you have, the difficulties, the decisions you're not sure about. And let's just spend a moment and ask God to be able to touch us and lead us and guide us in that. So let's just pray for a moment. Yeah, thank you, Father. Just pray you quiet our hearts right now, Holy Spirit. As we lay these things out on the table in front of you, Lord, we just ask you, Lord, what is your plans? What are your intentions in this time? God, I pray that you'd bring an assurance of your goodness right now to people that are struggling. Lord, bring an assurance of your love and your awareness, the awareness that you have for them 
in particular, their family, their situation, their questions, their fears, their concerns. Lord, I pray that you would instill us a confidence in who you are, a confidence in your goodness. Lord, I pray that that knowledge would dispel the fear that can so easily come when we turn on the night news or look at our news feeds on our phones, Lord, and the news just continues to be saturated with bad news. Lord, I pray that our eyes would move away from that and onto you. And as we do that, Lord, that you would dispel the fear, give us confidence and hope and the reality that you're a good God, you're a loving God, and you want to lead us through this time. We just want to say we trust you and we love you. We thank you for your provision and your covering and your care for us now. In the name of Jesus, amen.